everywhere I go, I see his face. I just really miss him. Yeah, I miss him too. I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know that you were going to be here after he was gone. Hello and welcome to another edition of Film Seizure at the Movies. I am Jeff Arbuckle. This week I'm going to talk about the new Marvel film, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, before I get to that, do a little bit of housekeeping. Of course, you can always find new episodes of Film Seizure with myself and Jason Oliver every Wednesday afternoon uh, at filmseizure.com. We also upload our episodes to iTunes, which will probably eventually become Apple Podcasts, I believe. Uh, question mark on that, because I'm not exactly sure when all of that's happening. Uh, but we are also uh, uploading our episodes to Google Play. Uh, they have a podcast section there in the Google Music. And uh, tune in, as well as Spotify. We also upload our episodes to YouTube, so if that's how you like to listen to uh, stuff, we'll be there as well. Now, about a week ago, I had released a special edition episode of Film Seizure at FilmSeizure.com about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's kind of closing the book on one stage of their history and beginning to open up a new uh, chapter, if you will, with this new movie, Spider-Man Far From Home. And uh, in that, I had kind of made uh, a little bit of a prediction that it seemed as though from the previews and the various things that we have seen from Far From Home, that it really kind of basically seemed as though there was some concerted effort at the very least to try to move somebody new into that role that's being left behind by uh, Tony Stark passing away and dying, saving everybody at the end of Avengers Endgame. So almost as if uh, while in continuity and in the movies themselves, it was really Captain America who was the leader of the Avengers, but the figurehead and certainly the leader in terms of the Marvel Universe as a kind of, uh, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for there? Um, in the real world sense, we kind of looked at Robert Downey Jr. as being kind of the the leader, the person who you know, spoke for Marvel, kind of was the figurehead and the face of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that, so while on one end of the spectrum, you have the characters in the movies themselves trying to figure out where they're headed from there, uh, with Iron Man's passing. And in the real world, we're looking at, well, what, what comes next? What, where do we go from here? Because obviously we had the big crescendo up to Endgame that took place over a course of 22 films. And with this 23rd film, was it going to be a new beginning or not? Well, my prediction was, was that technically, yes, this would be the new beginning. However, uh, I will gladly say that I'm kind of wrong in that this movie is really kind of uh thought of to be uh a follow-up to endgame it's not really the beginning of the next phase of the marvel cinematic universe but it's really more of the uh more like an epilogue to the 22 previous films it's an epilogue kind of closing uh some doors as far as what uh what had happened before kind of what the aftermath of Tony Stark's sacrifice and everything that that took place between the Infinity War and Endgame, 
people, as they called, blip out. And then when they returned, <laughs> and where, what was going on in the world as they returned. It's um, So there is a little bit of, of follow-up, uh, kind of help to explain some of, like, well, what, what really did happen when people disappeared and what really happened when they came back? Uh, there's some kind of funny scenes with that right at the beginning of the movie. Uh, however, this really is more of an epilogue. Uh, it does prepare you for what's coming next. It certainly uh, does not seem to build heavily upon the idea of, uh, of there being another major threat necessarily. It's, it's kind of, uh, while, there, while the, the universe is wide open now, Everybody knows that there's stuff out there, more stuff coming. We have to be vigilant. We have to stay guarding. Uh, we have to, you know, we have to stay on the wall and guard Earth and everything like that. The stuff like that's mentioned. However, uh, it really is kind of a uh, smaller story. We're, I think what we're going to see, and this was something else I made mention in that special episode last week that. I think we're going to see smaller stories for a little bit. Uh, I think they're going to take their time to build up to the next major threat. Now, there are major threats. Absolutely, there are major threats. There are things that happen in this movie that, ask, that, that forces people to ask questions about what, what is happening, where we fit into it, and how we protect ourselves. There are questions about a larger sense of what's out there in the universe, or are there is there a multiverse? We do get questions. I mean, it is mentioned in the uh, trailers that uh, this Quentin Beck character, who is the Mysterio character that Jake Gyllenhaal plays, he is uh, from a multiverse, from a different Earth. It's the first time ever that Earth is uh, referred to as Earth 616. The 616 universe is the primary uh, universe in Marvel comics is where everything happens. And, uh, so, you know, there is a discussion, uh, Peter even kind of blurts out some stuff scientifically about the, the idea of what, uh, a, a multiverse would mean and what, uh, what theories it would follow and so on and so forth. So there's some interesting questions asked in this movie, but this is 100% a Spider-Man movie. It's not a piece of a larger puzzle. It's not like, oh, Spider-Man has to do this so that he can uh, then, uh, th so that it stops another thing that's happening in Captain Marvel's movie so that she can do something that stops something in Black Panther's movie and so on and so forth. This is, uh, while there's a lot of discussion of other heroes, of other things going on, through and through, this is about Spider-Man. And certainly about Peter Parker having to move on from losing his mentor and the person that uh, he kind of saw as a father figure in Tony Stark. Um, there are some really good uh, kind of fun moments with some various side characters, particularly Happy Hogan, uh, John Favreau returning to that role again, uh, working very closely with with Peter. Um some of his classmates there, there's some fun little stories there that really kind of help kind of flush out his universe, his corner of the Marvel universe that is. So it's, it, so it, yes, this is a movie that is small yet. It feels like it's expanding. It's growing. It's part of something as a whole, but it doesn't necessarily have to worry about the other stuff that's going on 
as a whole. Generally speaking, I really did like this movie. It's it's very fun. Um, is it one of the very best Marvel movies? No. I, I, I look at this as kind of like uh, Captain Marvel. Middle of the road, very entertaining, good for some chuckles, good for some excitement, some good action scenes. Um, seeing Spider-Man become more and more confident as the movie goes on. There's a, a wonderful scene late in the movie that pretty much opens up the third act of the movie where uh, Happy goes to uh, get Peter, who's been kind of left in, uh, I think he's left in the Netherlands, and he, he needs to be picked up. And uh, when Happy comes in this really cool jet with a bunch of Stark tech in it, you see uh, Peter like piecing together a new suit. You see Happy looking at him as if he's watching a young Tony Stark kind of uh, emerge from that. There, so there's some really cool scenes uh, that, that deal with that. There's some exceptionally cute scenes with, um, with Ned, who is Peter's friend in these two movies, uh, and his new girlfriend, Betty. Betty Brand, of course, is a big uh, Spider-Man character over the years. Uh, there's some really cute scenes with uh, Peter and MJ in this. Um, it, it's, it's just it's a very fun movie. Most importantly, it feels like a comic book um it it doesn't go out its out of its way to stylize itself like a comic book like some movies often do but it does seem to kind of go out of its way to have a fun feeling spider-man is meant to be a fun character he's meant to be an everyman so we should want to see ourselves in his shoes and i and it's really fun to see that and it's and you see him grapple with his responsibility and with his uh, with his duty and and what his you know and you see him struggle with that in contrast to what he wants personally. Uh, these are all very Spider-Man things. These are things that have been part of the comic book since he first appeared uh, back in 1962. So it's fun to kind of see those things again and kind of play out. It's not quite as mopey as the uh, Tobey Maguire, Sam uh, Raimi Spider-Man movies, even though I think those are great fun in their own right. Um, it's not as uh, dark, I guess, as the Amazing Spider-Man series was, but it felt it, this one feels more like a Spider-Man movie than the previous Spider-Man movie where we were just kind of seeing Peter in his element. Um, and getting advice and help from Tony Stark. But here, this is his movie. This he is He's growing. He is um, proving himself as a hero, and he's proving himself as somebody who uh, deserved the trust and attention that uh, Tony Stark gave him and uh, is earning some respect or at least some attention from uh, from shield and from uh, in particular nick fury uh that's another thing i want to talk about nick fury and um and uh agent hill in this movie uh they're in it they're uh there's some pretty good scenes there where uh, they're they're working with uh quentin beck uh jake gyllenhaal which i'll talk about here in just a minute too and uh there are some reactions that that samuel L. jackson has to things that that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is telling him that are just comedic gold. 
uh, one in particular. I think everybody will know it when it happens in the movie, but uh, it's it's really um, it's really good, uh, and, and the interaction between characters are really good, and the pressure that Nick Fury is putting on to Peter to prove himself. You know, you're supposed to be this guy that that Tony Stark says is the best of us or the next best of us. Uh, you know, you're the one who's supposed to kind of pick up the baton and carry it as the leader. Now, um, prove, prove it to me. You're, you're acting like a kid. You're not, uh, you're not doing things the right way. So it's, it's fun interactions and stuff like that, that you're seeing. Uh, so Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, he is fantastic in this role. uh, Quentin Beck is a little bit of a, of a Tony Stark like character. Um, he's also, um, he, he does something that I think Jake Gyllenhaal does very well, which is switch between serious and playful very easily by just a, a particular look that he gives or a particular way that he says a, a, a line. Um, he very much is what you should expect. If you're, if you're a comic book reader, if you're a fan of amazing Spider-Man and a fan of, uh, of the Mysterio character, I think you'll be pretty pleased with what uh, Jake Gyllenhaal brings. I don't want to give away any spoilers because there are some pretty big ones, but I will say uh, watch for the mid credit scene. If you have to go to the bathroom, try to wait until after that. Um, or if you can really get in and out really quickly uh, in the first part of the credits, do so. But there is a phenomenal mid credit scene that is, um, you know, everything's coming up, Peter, except when it doesn't. And it's a very Spider-Man moment. It's a very um, classic Peter Parker moment. And I think you'll really appreciate it. Plus, the cameo that's made in that is phenomenal. Um, I really like this movie. I, I Again, I don't want to call it one of the very, very best um, but it is extremely likable. It's, uh, it's one of those movies that you can just have a good time watching. Um, you, everything is very, uh, intricate, but also very clear in what the, what the point is and what the movie's trying to get you on board with. Um, it, it does cover the idea of who is going to fill the shoes, the very large, Iron Man shoes of Tony Stark in the Marvel universe. Who's going to be that person who is willing to sacrifice everything for the right thing. And, uh, you know, you're going to see this, I think play out in several movies over time. There has been no, uh, as of this date, you know, July, whatever it is, third that I'm recording this, uh, there's been no word of what the next Marvel movie is. There's two or three Marvel movies coming out next year. We don't know what they are. We don't know what direction they've they've been working towards. We don't know what they've been doing right now. Uh, it's been very hush-hush, uh, but it should be, uh, I mean, I suspect we're going to see a Black Panther movie. I suspect we'll see a Captain Marvel movie before long. Uh, I suspect another Guardians movie will come. There will be a continuation from some of the themes in this movie in those movies, but affecting those people on an individual uh, character by character basis, the idea of uh, Stark's uh, sacrifice for the greater good um, and who is going to step up to do the things that he would have done 
in his time as a hero and who's going to ultimately ultimately be able to uh, stand up and say, even if this costs me my life or everything I hold dear, I'm, I have to do this for the greater good of everyone. Um, and that's, I think that's going to be something that will repeat with each subsequent movie that comes out. So, um, look for that in future Marvel movies. Uh, 100% go see this movie. It's, I don't think there's any way you can say, Oh, you know what? Skip that Marvel movie. Marvel fans are going to go see the movies regardless. Um, for some people, this is going to touch them very deeply. Uh, I think younger fans will now be able to kind of wrap their arms around Peter Parker as the future of the Marvel universe. Um, those of us who are a little bit older, who were a little bit older when the first Iron Man movie came out, uh, I think we will be, um, you know, kind of feeling the same way as some of the older characters in, in this movie, particularly like Happy and Nick Fury. You know, we want to know who that next character is and we want to see them grow and we want to see them step up into that role. And I think we're going to get that uh, in the long, long and short of it. Anyway, um, again, definitely check out this movie. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's like I said, it's a middle of the road in the sense of, of the 23 Marvel movies. It, it pretty much sits right in the middle, uh, but it's super fun. I liked it more than the first Spider-Man, which I liked that movie too. Um, again, as I had mentioned uh, last week in that special episode of Film Seizure, it is, um, it, it's hard to really <laughs> say that even if a movie was just kind of middle of the road in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or it's one of the weaker entries, that still means it's a pretty good movie, uh, but you know, it's it. This is not a huge event movie like the Avengers movies are. Um, this this is a very this ultimately tells a very personal story, and it talks about how Peter is um, desperate to find that new mentor and to trust somebody to help him through his growing pains. And it's, uh, you know, and how he ultimately has to kind of rely on his own abilities and his own um, talents as not only as the the incredibly intelligent Peter Parker, but the incredibly powerful, amazing Spider-Man, if you will. Uh, So. That's uh, that's basically how I feel. I don't want to give away any. There's so many things I want to talk about, but I don't want to give away any spoilers. Um. But I think you'll definitely uh, like uh, some of the stuff that's going to be in there that definitely would be spoilerish. Um, but it's it's a, it's a fun movie. It is everything that I would want a Spider-Man movie to really be. Uh, is it my favorite Spider-Man movie? No. Uh, even though they kind of get, uh, there's been some uh, contemporary reviews that have not been so kind to Sam Raimi's spider-man trilogy spider-man 2 is still my favorite uh but this is definitely um this is definitely a pretty good spider-man entry and, and it certainly fits a lot of characterization and a lot of um and, and a lot of the greater themes too and how it fits into the marvel universe uh even if it is its own little portion uh, i think this definitely will set the tone for what uh, Spider-Man movies will be going forward too, which is good to see. Every single hero kind of has their own tone of what their movies are. 
now Spider-Man has his tone set and it, and it should be, should be a lot of fun. All right. So like I was saying, you can catch new episodes of film seizure every Wednesday, filmseizure.com. Check us out on iTunes, uh, Google play, um, Spotify and tune in. Uh, you can also catch new episodes of monster Mondays every Monday with myself. I talk about a monster movie every week. So, uh, those should be pretty fun, particularly if you like old monster movies, uh, whether it's Godzilla, Dracula, Frankenstein. Um, eventually, I'll get to some Gamera. Uh, I, I like to kind of throw in some different ideas of a monster, uh, almost more like boogeymen uh, or, or topics that would almost create something like that. Because um, I've, you know, I've talked about witches and stuff like that, or I've done episodes for that that are coming out this month. Uh, also, uh, go over to bmovieenema.com every Friday. That's where I release uh, articles about, well, mostly B-movies, uh, whether they're good or bad or just uh, mind-blowing, if you will. But uh, you can check that out. Until next time, uh, be sure to save me the aisle seat. MJ, I am Spider-Man. No, of course I'm not. I mean, it's kind of obvious. Oh,